Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. And today I want to talk to you about living out your dream. Turn to the person beside you and say, let's live out the dream. Let's live out the dream. Your destiny and your reason for living is tightly wrapped up in your dreams and desires. What I'm speaking about is, do you know that idea you just can't seem to get rid of? No matter what job you seem to be in, you seem, you seem to keep coming around back to, do you know that, that vision that sometimes you lie in bed at night and you think, if I could click my fingers, what, what would I do with my life? And some of us think that sitting on a beach and doing nothing is the dream, but I guarantee you, some of us have done that. You've done it for about eight days and then you're ready to get back to work. Let's be honest. That's actually not the dream. We need a break, but that's actually not what keeps you going on the inside. I'm talking about that thing that just annoys you. You just can't seem to get away from it. I'm talking about that thing that's really loud, just like a tiger supporter. This thing, you just can't seem to get rid of it. And it just keeps coming around and around. And you may be a fair distance away from your dream right now, but God is calling every single person into this room, in this room, to get back to the dream that He has placed inside of your heart. Listen, a dream doesn't drive you, because that's a negative thing where you feel like you're being whipped into a certain direction. No, a dream draws you. And I want to challenge you. You're sitting in a place today because some people dared to dream. I wonder who will be the beneficiary of the dream that if you would just allow it to bubble up inside of you and if you will step out, I wonder who's going to benefit from the dream that God has put into your heart. Do you know, there's a scripture that says, without vision, the people perish. You know, the word vision is just another word for dream. Without vision, the people perish. What does that mean? Well, another version says it like this. Without vision, the people run wild. In other words, if you don't know where you're headed, then you will tend to do anything because you don't even know where you're going and why not do anything. But when you know what you're trying to do and there's a dream in your heart, it actually starts to govern your parameters. It actually teaches you, I'm not doing that because that's not where I'm headed. I'm actually going in this direction. No, I can't do that because I'm headed in this direction. A vision or a dream is so important. Did you know that every family in this place needs a dream? Every couple should have a dream, a vision. What are we doing together, hon? What are we doing? Helen and I, when we were just very young people, we had a dream. We had a dream. And that dream told us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Do you know, my kids have grown up in that dream. And I want to challenge you, every person in this place, some of you may be thinking, I don't really have a dream. Well, I've got an answer for that, by the way, because I guarantee you, you do have one. But Acts chapter 2, verse 17 says something really powerful. So look at the screens. Have a look at what it says. This is God speaking. And he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon how many people? Come on, say it loud. On all people. That includes you. That's good news, right? God's going to pour out His Spirit upon all people, your sons and your daughters, girls and boys, I love that. Girls and boys will prophesy. What does that mean? You're going to speak encouragement. And then it says this, your young men will see visions and your older men will dream dreams. I believe that also includes women. The older people are going to have dreams. The younger people are going to have vision. And listen, this is the challenge to all of us. Us as, as some older people in the room, 
When we fail to dream, we fail to give the younger people a vision for their life. But it's amazing when we start to dream a little, and I'm I'm seeing it in some of your lives, that as you're dreaming bigger, people are going, wow, if you're doing that with your life, then maybe I could do this with my life. And all of a sudden, it's like you're pulling people up. I'm loving in our church at the moment, we've got interns, young people everywhere who wanna serve God and travel the world and, and do great things for God. Why do they even have that vision? Because we're dreaming about it. And they're able, they're they're not surpassing us. They can't catch us. I love that. I never want to be able to be caught by the young people. I'm always going to be one step ahead of you, right? And I think I'm serving you well by doing that. Come on, mums and dads. We need to keep dreaming. When your children look at you, what do they see? Do they see that you've got a dream? Or do they see that you've just given up? And you're just going around. And, And then all of a sudden you put them to bed. I remember one day I put my son to bed. And, uh, and he was about five years old. And I said, hey, Marky, I just want to tell you something, son. You can do anything through Christ who strengthens you. And he looked up at me with those beautiful brown eyes and he said, Dad, are you doing the anything that Christ can do through you? You're not supposed to take it seriously, son. You're just, it's just something nice that I'm saying to you. <laughs> It was such a challenge to me. You know, sometimes we've got to be careful that we're, it's like we're trying to pull our kids up and give them vision. But you know what? What we're doing with our own lives speaks louder than our words. And you know what? We hadn't started the church yet. I was locked into a job. And, 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 but you know what? Not everyone is called to do what, what I'm doing. But I wonder what the next step is for you. So that you can say to people around you, hey, listen, come on, fulfill your dream. And when they look at your life, they go, yeah, you're doing it, aren't you? And you're such an example to me. This church needs to keep pursuing a dream. So let's talk about how do you know what your God-given dream is, your God-given dream. Just a couple of points, just a couple, very quickly. It's always bigger than you. It's not just about you. I had a dream to pastor a church. Why? So that I could just stand up here on my own and just talk to some empty chairs with some lights? No, the dream was you. You guys are the dream. Not the building. I mean, the building was a part of the dream, but you guys were the dream. I, I wanted to speak to you guys. I wanted to bless you guys. I wanted to take you guys. That's the dream. So when you're building something, when you're fulfilling a dream, is it just about you? The car that you drive, the, the hope, home that you live in? Listen, buy a, buy a car, but take someone in the car and go for a drive together. Buy, build a beautiful home, but have some people in that home and live your dream together. Your dream is never really about you. It's always about others. Is anybody with me so far? It's always about others. What else is it about a God-given dream? It will outlast you. Some of you have been to Europe. Those of you who have been to Europe, give me a shout out. Some of us have seen those magnificent cathedrals. They're beautiful cathedrals and you walk around them and then some old guy will come up to you and say, yes, it was built in 1642. Oh, when was it completed? 1842. What? 200 years? My gosh. Some guy started working on that place in 1642 knowing he will never sit in the seats knowing he will never get to enjoy a sermon, a message, a worship song. So why did he build it? Because he was hoping that in 1842, there'll be a whole generation of people. And listen, we're not just building this church for 10 minutes. We're building it for three, four, five generations. I'll be in heaven celebrating Jesus and Lifehouse Church celebrating Jesus' name. We'll be be going and going. Only if it's a Jesus-centered church, by the way. If it's a Richard-centered church, then it all comes crashing the minute I've gone home to heaven. That's why I want it to be a Jesus-centered church because he lives forever. Yeah. Amen. That's how you know if you've got a God-given dream. 
will outlast your lifetime is a bigger than you. Do you know, I love this statement. Listen to this. A society grows when men and women plant trees whose shade they know they will never sit in. When you plant a tree, knowing I'm never going to sit in the shade of this tree. So why are you doing it? For the next generation? That's a God-given dream. Come on, it's in you. I know it's in you. Do you know, Jesus, the Bible says, has taken hold of us. I love what the Apostle Paul says. He's talking about his dream. The Apostle Paul is talking about his dream. And he says, he says not that I've already obtained all of this. I love that. Look, not that I've already obtained all of this. Or that I've already arrived at my goal. He says, he says, but I press on to take hold of that. That's his dream for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This is my point to you. If Jesus has taken hold of you, he has taken hold of you so that you can get on with the dream that he's got for you. Yeah, you know, all of us should be clapping about now. Yeah, yeah. So he has taken hold of you. And the minute Jesus takes hold of you, he also says, now, I'm not just taking hold of you so that you can sit on a seat on Sunday and just sing a couple of songs. No, no, I'm taking hold of you because I've got a job for you to do. And, and then you go, but what's the job? Come on, you know what it is. It's, it, you think about it sometimes, but, but there's, there's reasons why we don't do it. But the Apostle Paul is saying, my goal is to just achieve the very thing that he took hold of me for. I'm, I'm gonna challenge every person in this place from side to side, front to back, God says, I've got a dream for you. I've got a dream. Now listen, if you don't know what that dream is and you're absolutely convinced you don't know what it is, I do know what it is. Join my dream. And why would I say that to you in absolute boldness? Because I'm joining His dream. This church isn't my dream, it's Jesus' dream. I'm just latching onto His dream. And if you don't know what your dream is, then just latch onto my dream because my dream is His dream. So no one can say, I don't know what my dream is. Now, you may have other dreams as well. You can have multiple, by the way. But that certainly should be one of them. Let's build what Jesus is building. Let's fulfill His dream of a wonderful church. Come and give the Lord a huge round of applause. So let's just quickly, with the few moments I have left, let's talk about how to live out this dream. How to live it out. Take some notes if you need to, because this is important. Number one, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of failure. I love this statement. Never be afraid to try something new. Remember, the ark was built by amateurs. The Titanic was built by professionals. Yeah. It doesn't tell us that Noah was a professional boat builder, but it survived the worldwide flood. The Titanic is sitting at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. Do you know, when Helen and I decided, come on, let's plant a church, I did want to get educated. Not a bad thing to do to try. If you've got a dream, maybe get educated about that dream. And so I thought, okay, let's go to Bible college. And so I went to Bible college and I learned about Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets and church history and ecclesiastics. And, and we, we did all that. And you know what? I think I did quite well. I read all the books. But there was one subject that I did fail in. I got an F for it. It did shock me at the time. And it was church planting. <laughs> the only reason I was there... I wasn't really there to learn about church history. I was there to learn how to plant a church. And it's the only thing I got an F in, an F. Now, you know, I've got to be honest with you. I could have said to myself, well, obviously it's a sign from the Lord. F for failure. But I thought, you know what? Let's just have a go. Because I did read in the ancient Latin, there's a statement that they make. And it goes like this. Have a go, you mug. 
And so I adopted that. And we just started in our land room. We thought, how bad could it be? Let's just start in our land room. If it all goes bad, well, then we'll just do it for a couple of weeks and, and we'll see what happens. But this thing starts to grow and it keeps growing and it keeps growing and people are getting saved and God starts doing something through this failure here. And you know what? Ten years later, that Bible college rings me up and says, we want you to come down because you are now the alumni of the year for church planting. Ten years later. Come, we want to celebrate you. No, I'm not coming, I said. No, it's not, I, didn't, I, did, I did go down there. Can't be mean. But I want to encourage you. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for everyone to tell you that it's a good thing for you to do? If you're waiting for that, you'll never do anything. When I went to plant this church, you know how many people said to us, why would you plant another church? There's so many churches. You know what? I think the people that got saved here aren't worried about that. I think they're happy that we're here. So come on. What's holding you back? Let me tell you what often holds you back. Not who you think you are. That doesn't often hold you back. It's who you think you're not. It's, it's the gifts you think you don't have. And this is what I love about God. You know, God, okay, our world will call you something, success, failure, whatever. The world will call you something based on the things you have done in the past. So you do something and the world labels you. You know what I love about God? God only calls you what you are going to become in the future. God doesn't really declare your, your past. He only declares your future. What I'm trying to say to you is you don't even know who you're going to become just yet. But as you begin to step out, God speaks incredible things over your life. And all of a sudden you start to become what God said you will become. And I love that. I love that we're in a church that it's okay to have some issues in life, but still fulfill your dream. I love that. Actually, we've got a guy coming to our men's event on Thursday, by the way. Men, ladies, get your men there. We've got a, an ex-AFL footy player who actually went through mental illness and, uh, and depression. And he was actually playing football and he had all the accolades of, of you know, 100,000 people screaming at his name. And he would go home. He'll tell you this. He'll go home and cry his eyes out, not feel like he's actually got a purpose in life. And he's going to be speaking to us at the men's event. So guys, let's get down to that. And I'm telling you that to say that God's using that man through his failure. Come on, God's not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for people that aren't afraid to fail. Give someone a high five beside you. Come on. I get a bit nervous when I speak to some potential business owners, when I speak to some couples who, who don't want to step forward because they think that they're not quite ready yet and, and things aren't perfect in their life. Um, you know what? Don't despise humble beginnings is what the Bible says. It's okay to start small. I love that our story is we didn't have a cent to our name as a church, started off with a handful of people, but yet today we see a whole lot of things. Do you know what really annoys me? Is when people say, Pastor Richard, you're so lucky. Luck, are you kidding me? No, no, this is hard work. No, this is stepping out. This is trusting God. This is loving people. This is doing everything that you've got to do. There's no luck involved, to be quite honest with you. It's just step out and do the right things biblically. And God promises that He'll be with you. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Don't despise humble beginnings. I want to show you a picture. Have a look at this. See that little garage there? How many of you, you think that's a pretty humble beginning? That's a pretty humble beginning. But in that garage... After a few years of hard work, working really hard, most of you own one of those now. That's where the Apple Corporation started in that garage. The most valuable company on the face of this earth, $890 billion company, started in that garage. 
hey, listen, it's okay to start small because you never know where God's going to take you in the end. You never know. Come on, let's dream a little. Get back to your dream. Have a look at the next garage. Some of you may have seen that garage before. There's something about garages in Silicon Valley, obviously. Let's go rent a garage. But that garage turned into that place. Come on, let's dream. Don't be afraid to dream. Step out. It's okay. It's okay to be afraid to allow yourself to fail. I don't know how many failures they had along the road, but I tell you what, eventually we can find our success. Isn't that right? So come, that's number one. Number two, if you're gonna live out this dream, build a dream team. Let's make this very clear. Isolation is the greatest dream killer. If you're trying to fulfill a big dream on your own, I've yet to see someone able to do that. To build something great and to fulfill a huge dream, you need people. Do you know the, so- the cycle of life is this, the circle of life, cycle of life, whatever you want to call it, is when we are born into this world, we are fully dependent on our parents. Is that right? Fully dependent, hoping they don't drop us on our head. Some of us that happened a few times, but we're hoping that we, my parents care for me, right? So fully dependent. But if you're a great parent, your goal is that your children become independent. Okay, so we want our children to grow up, to become independent so that they can clean their own rooms. Parents, feel free to join me at any point here. To wash the car, if they're going to use my car, fill that up with petrol. Okay, we hope that they become independent human beings. The problem is a lot of humans get stuck at being independent and you don't move on to the third one, which is being interdependent, which is by choice, you welcome people into your dream. Welcome people into your dream. Hey, listen, I've got a dream. Helen and I did not think for one minute we could build a church like this on our own. Do you know the vision of this church? Do you know I could move one ton of bricks? One ton of bricks, I can just, it it may take me a while, but I could grab a brick and move it. And it may take me a few days, but I could move a ton of bricks, no problem. I tell you what I can't do on my own is move a one ton stone. I actually need a lot of people to help me. Building the, the dream, guys, is not like building bricks, moving bricks. It's like moving a stone. You need people to help you. If you're going to fulfil your dream, welcome people into your journey because there's things that you don't know that someone else does know. There's some areas where you don't have the faith, but someone else has got the faith. There are some areas you've got blind spots, but as you get good people around you, you can actually build a great team. This is a great moment for me to thank the team of Lifehouse Church that have helped us to build an incredible church. The strategy... The love, the faith. I want to tell you, these guys make Helen and I look really, really good. They do. And we get a lot of the credit, but I'm telling you, the honest truth is it's a team effort. It's a team effort to make what we do happen. I mean, like I said earlier, 106 people to make one Lifehouse Church service happen. Do you think I could do that on my own? Not a chance. But the dream gets fulfilled every Sunday because people are willing to be part of the journey. So come on, who, who are you going to welcome into your dream journey? Taking people to the next level. I thank God for them. Do you know Jesus had a dream to change the world? What's the first thing Jesus did? He built a dream team. And some of you are going, yeah, well, I could change the world too if I had the dream team like Jesus did. I mean, those disciples were awesome. Do you know when you read about the disciples, some of you may not know this because you're only new Christians, right? But let me tell you what the disciples had as a resume. One of the disciples was a denier. Another one was a terrorist. Another one was a thief. Another one was a betrayer. One was a doubter. 
and one of them was a complete hothead. Jesus is trying to change the world. He walks past the city and because they rejected him, one of his disciples says, Jesus, let's blow them up. He actually says, Jesus, let's rain down fire from heaven. And you're thinking, I can't find good people to work with. I think you can. I think you can. Jesus basically took on Kim Jong-un, basically. He was trying to blow up everybody. But they got saved and they become a great team. Come on. How are we going to do this? We're going to live our dream. And last but not least, and this is so important. Let's put it up. Philippians chapter 3. This is the last verse. It says, Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I love that. The Apostle Paul, he doesn't feel like he's fully achieved his dream yet. I like that. He says, but there's one thing that I do. How many things? And then he tells us two things. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Hey, listen, don't settle. And sometimes you've got to forget what is behind. Forget what? Hurts, failures, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will be the one thing that robs you of your dream. Do you know, if you're in a boat and you've got the anchor down, you know, the anchor is the thing that stops you from moving anywhere. The anchor stops you from going anywhere. You can have the biggest engine and you can get that thing revving, trying to go forward and you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to actually probably destroy your motor. Do you know what you're better off doing first is lifting up the anchor. Come on, lift up your anchor first. Hurts. Fear. Come on, lift up your anchor. And then you'll find that the boat starts to go pretty much by itself. And then with a little bit of power, it really goes somewhere. Let me tell you what one of the greatest anchors is for some of our lives. Success. You've had some success and you're thinking, I can't get any better than this. Do you know, I could feel like that right now. Look at this place is packed. We've had a service before this. We're going to have another one down. And you can easily go, this is enough. No, it's not enough. Come on, we're going to lift up the anchor of expecting more from God. Come on, we're going to lift up the anchor of there are more people out there that need to hear this awesome message of faith, hope and love. Come on. But I've got to lift up the anchor and so do you. Come on, some of us have been in churches, previous churches, and something went wrong there. And so now you're sitting in this church with your arms folded, enjoying it, enjoying it, but not moving forward. Why? Because you got hurt. No, no, come on, pull up the anchor. Do you know God's got a beautiful relationship ahead for you? God's got a beautiful relationship ahead. But if you're not careful, the anchor of the last relationship, you'll never get there. Why? Because you're suspicious, distrusting. Do you know God wants to bring some employees into your business? Oh, but I've had three guys rip me off. Yeah, that's your anchor. Pull up your anchor so that you can get on with your dream. I wonder what anchor you've got. I wonder what anchors I've got. Come on, constantly pulling up anchors. Let's pull up the anchor so that we can get on with the dream. Is everybody with me? The Bible says this. It says, take delight in in the Lord. Delight yourself in Him and He will grant you the desires of your heart. Let me paraphrase that for you. Get close to God. He makes your dream happen. Your job is to get close to God. God, I'm going to get close to you. And He makes the dream happen through you. 
Come on, let's get God at the centre of all this. Let's bring Him into the centre. You don't have to love God and then achieve your dream all by yourself. No, no, just it's one package. Seek first the kingdom of God, the Bible says, and what happens? And everything else will be added to you. Seek God, everything else gets added. Poke the person beside you and say, seek God. Come on, even if you don't know them, just say, I'm sorry I'm poking you so much this morning, but I'll blame the pastor. Seek God, everything else gets added. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.